What I do is inconsequential. Why I do what I do is I get to shorten people's journeys every day. What I love about our hospitality industry is that it's our mission to make people feel cared for while on their journeys. Together, we'll explore what hospitality means in the built environment, in business, and in our daily lives. I'm Dan Ryan, and this is Defining Hospitality. Today's guest is highly skilled at space planning. He fosters excellence within a design team. He uses a client's creativity, focus, and experience to turn their dream into reality. He is an associate principal at Truex Collins Architecture and Design in Burlington, Vermont. Recently, they won the HD Award for Best Event Space at the Omni Bretton Woods Ski, Ski Facility. Ladies and gentlemen, Mark DeSmith. Welcome, Mark. Thank you, Dan. It's so good to see you. Yeah, it's great to catch up, and it's great to be part of uh, part of your little niche of the uh, of the industry here. I feel like you like every time I see you, I'm learning more about our diaspora of the hospitality design culture. Yeah, well, and that's that's a great uh, starting point because I think I first met you in New York City. Um, you were working at Jeffrey Beers up on 20th Street uh, and Fifth Avenue, and I remember up there in that great office. They've since moved down to wherever the Freedom Tower. Yeah. And in a way, since you moved up to Vermont, I must let everyone know I'm like I was secretly jealous because, <laughs> and I and I resented you <laughs> that you could move up to like one of my favorite states in the union. Uh, you know, just from all the outdoor stuff that I love doing. Um, and also music that I like, which we can talk about later. Um, yeah. I don't want to embarrass myself right in the beginning of the conversation. I know so many other friends in uh, in other businesses, not necessarily in what we do, that have yeah. all moved to Vermont or all moved to Utah or all moved to like a place where quality of life yes. is just different. And it, it, some it, may argue is more incredible. <laughs> <laughs> Certainly we, we do what's best for, for um for ourselves and uh, and our families but uh for me it was um it was a little bit of both it was uh it was stretching my legs uh figuratively and literally as you go hiking and everything else but also about family which is uh is an important thing too uh i moved my parents here i'm here i have brother and sister-in-law here and my niece as well so it's it, you know, and it was pre-COVID, like a lot of people have kind of circled wagons through the process of experiencing COVID. But luckily, I started this process before that hit. Oh, yeah, that's also very important to add. It was well before COVID. So mm -hmm. and now you're there, uh, you're sprouting roots or you've sprouted roots. Now you're growing like a substantial tree, I would say. <laughs> and uh, I don't know. I, and I keep seeing all this great success and and just really cool projects. And so tell me about like that evolution from city to country and like how you may have evolved and like, you know, how your perspective has changed. Yeah, it, it was it was a little nerve wracking at first. I mean, the the uh, New York lifestyle and uh, it's hard to come off of that adrenaline uh, of being in New York and certainly working with Jeffrey. Uh, provided some of that adrenaline, as you will remember from our old office. Yeah. Um, but having moved up here and kind of settled in with this uh, great team at Truex Collins and having spent the last 10 years here and really kind of um, 
working with uh, the team here, which we, Truex Cologne has already had a hospitality design market going, but being able to come that come in, bring a different perspective and learn from their perspective was huge about getting to know local craftsmen, getting to know personally the woodworker, getting to know the guy that has a tilt up barn in his backyard and does his own metalwork. Uh, like it, it brought a different um, perspective to the design process. And, um, and I can't say that I'll ever look back really because I can do this and I can fly down to New York City without a layover and be right back in it and be, have a meeting with you and have a meeting with other people in the industry that are as avid about building and making and participating in this thing we call hospitality um, every, every bit as much. Were you, I, were, yeah. were you at the Platinum Circle Awards this past October? It was Platinum Circle. I think it was Platinum Circle. Platinum Circle in no. New York? No. Uh, no. Last October? No. Okay. No, so what's interesting is as you're talking about all the craftsmanship, um, Larry Traxler from Hilton was honored and yeah. he talked about his experience working at Jordan Moser in Chicago. And mm -hmm. what was really unique and interesting about them and where he started his career yeah. is they would make everything. They would design it and then they would make it. They would do castings. They would do the 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 metalwork. I, I don't everything. So they really got like and and it, when you say the word diaspora, there was him and a whole bunch of other people from that little nest that kind of went off to do these great things. And so I kind of want to pull on that thread of you going up there as yeah. an already successful designer. Okay, so much in the same way that you know, you're getting into a new level of detail in how you look at design yes. from, and, and learning from the craftsmen around you. Um, the transition from, you know, Chelsea, mm -hmm. Flatiron, New York City, yeah. up to Vermont, um, as far as just like the pace, like how do you think the pace has changed how you look at your design process? Oh, it, it, dramatically so. Um, the pace of the pace of our industry is fast, but I have the created the space in moving up here, and my and my and and quality of life is a is a hallmark of our firm, and um, and we want uh, we work very hard to create that um, for them as well. That you have the mind space to be creative that you don't feel like you have to rush through every decision because something has to be on a boat tomorrow from uh, you know, wherever it's coming from. And it just, it, it's a healthier creativity to me. And mm. you know, it, it, that's gonna be different for everybody, but for me, and, and I think uh, the, those that um, I work with, I think it's true for them as well. Um, is there some pinch points? And is there that adrenaline rush of trying to deliver a project? That never goes away. But the where I see it is really on the front end with when that design process starts that we can give ourselves a little bit, I, I feel like we can give ourselves a little bit more space. We invite, we often invite our clients up to our office space and our office space is right on Lake Champlain. 
Our conference room looks right out on the lake. It's it's about that sense of place. And then they can maybe relax a little bit too. And we can have a real honest conversation about what their goals are, how the design's taking shape. It doesn't feel as rushed as, oh, I've got to be downstairs. My Uber's almost here, you know? <laughs> yeah. And, and you don't have that weird New York City uh the police siren burp, burp, or whatever it is that like, I still don't, I still don't understand how they figured out that sound, but yeah, it's like, I appreciate that. And I think what's resonating me the most um, in, in how you said that was this idea of, of healthier creativity. Yeah. Right. So, okay. So now we've talked about designing and details changing from a shifting to more of a craftsman type idea there's this healthier creativity where you have more space i i just get the sense that you're breathing deeper and able to be a more centered creative being yeah and then as you look at for the accolades that you won that i mentioned in the beginning and the projects that you're winning like within hospitality how is that changing how you address what hospitality means Ah, oh, the um, well, a lot of times we think of hospitality as uh, it's a you know, you look it up in the dictionary, hospitality is a noun, it's a thing, it's it's that gift package on the credenza when you get to your room, it's uh, it's the matchbooks on the host stand, you know, which there's never any more of, but the <laughs> it's though it, you know, we think of hospitality as things. I, I don't, I don't think. And I don't think of it as a thing anymore. I think of it, it's not a noun. Hospitality is a verb. It's an action of greeting. It's an action of welcoming. It's um, it, it, it's this, uh, it, it has a time frame to it. It has moving parts. It has participants in it. So for me, uh, hospitality, I'll use a simple example that, um, that refreshing drink you get when you arrive at the resort, mm -hmm. right? You know, the, the waiter's there with uh, a bunch of cold drinks or whatever, that's hospitality. But is hospitality the drink? Is it a thing? Or is it the action of being greeted upon your arrival, of receiving the drink? It's hospitality is a verb. It mm. needs to be given and received. It's a, it's a, it's a, it's a, it's an action, not a static thing. Um, with that in mind, it, it's not, you know, some, some, uh, some of those actions are ephemeral. They're momentary. Some of them are enduring. They, you know, you went on vacation. You had this uh, unforgettable vacation. Well, it's unforgettable. That's a memory that's going to stay with you. It's going to influence your life. So, um, so for me and uh, the way we design, and maybe this has something to do with what we were talking about of giving ourselves space to design, is that that hospitality is about creating positive memories. Mm -hmm. It's an interchange. It's a play between people, a play between the space and a person, and it's about it's about memory. It's about creating positive memories if you do it right. And um, much in the way I think, uh, you know, we'd say hospitality spaces is about stage set. We're creating a backdrop for mm -hmm. those memories. 
And to me, that's that's what hospitality is. I I love that the backdrop for those memories. I'm writing that down because. Yeah. All right. So in and in, in, okay, so thinking about this as a verb, creating this backdrop, and then your transformation as a human over the past ten years—a human, a designer, a, mm -hmm. a son, a parent, a, a husband—like, um, how do you think? If if you go before from moving from New York to Vermont, let's just say, and then you go. Uh, where did where did you go to um, school for architecture? I studied architecture at uh, University of Detroit Mercy in Detroit, Michigan. And are you are you from Michigan as well? I am from Michigan. I grew up out right outside of Detroit, uh, and uh, my partner's from Detroit. Um, it's uh, I wear wow. Detroit T-shirts every weekend. <laughs> Great, the whole thing. I'm that okay. guy. <laughs> okay, so like. Okay, so you're in Detroit, you're thinking about, okay, how, how do I start these steps onto my career path? Mm -hmm. So much as the, as the same way that you enjoy the, that transition to Vermont and the country and the, that kind mm -hmm. of healthier creativity, what drove you to New York City? What drove you to the cru crucible? <laughs> um, that, uh, that's a little historic. That's great. Um, well, right out of school, my first project, like it, it's all been reductive and, and and give me a moment to explain, but it's all kind of condensed and condensed that uh, right out of school, my first project out of school was working on uh, Ford Field for a firm called Rossetti Associates, and we were designing a sports stadium. I mean, it doesn't get any bigger in terms of hospitality than that. How much? How do you? How are you hospitable to uh, a seventy thousand seat arena? You know, and it started there. And then uh, from there, I went to work for a little firm that was doing shopping malls, like you know, million square feet or more. And um, and they also had a little group in the back that did restaurants. And I was like, oh, what are those guys doing in the back? Okay, I'll start doing restaurants. Well, it just so happens that a guy that used to work for them worked in New York City. And I'm like, oh, maybe I could go work in New York City and see mm. even more of this restaurant design stuff because this was so interesting. Uh, it didn't hurt that I had a girlfriend that moved to New York and, you know, typical New York story that <laughs> you chase the girl to New York, but it doesn't work out and you stay anyway. Then they, <laughs> then New York's got its hooks in you. So then New York has its hooks in you. And at that point, I was working for Rockwell Group um, oh. under the tutelage of David Mexico. And um, and he uh, he was he was from Detroit as well to kind of close that loop. And so he got his hooks in me. New York got its hooks in me. And, and then from there, it was on with Jeffrey Beers, one of, uh, one of my mentors. And then, and then it just started to balloon from there. And, um, but the desire, um, the desire was always to find the joy in the details. You know, people will, architects will always quote, you know, God is in the details. Well, for me, it was like trying to finesse those details and make those things you touch, you know, what the design is about. 
So on the detail thing, God is in the, was that Mies van der Rohe or was that Louis Kahn? Um, I've heard it credited to Mies. Okay. But I've also seen that that's wrong and that it was supposed to be Louis Kahn. So I think we need to ask a historian on who was actually, much like I've heard, you know, I've heard it quoted that Morris Lapidus said too much is never enough, but I think people will argue that he actually said that or not. So it's well. Then, it, as we're quoting architects, my favorite one is um, Philip Johnson, who said, "All architects are whores." Yeah. Well, <laughs> I don't know if I want. I don't know if I want to admit that. Oh, <laughs> uh, that was a funny one. Um, okay, so New York City, learning about details, creating these memorable spaces of events. Um, yeah. And then I assume from just your experience from the Rockwell world and then also the Jeffrey Beers, Beers world, there's just those spaces are just so incredible and memorable. And like there's a lot of light and music and a thing, right? It's like it's like you're creating. Um, I don't know. How would you how would you describe the, the types of projects and the things that you were working on? And then again, there which now as you're in this kind of healthier creativity creative space like how do you how do you contrast those and like what did you learn what was the the most impactful thing you learned from working at rockwell and jeffrey beers and then like then you have this space and now you're taking i don't know we all stand on the shoulders of those before us and i believe and like what were the biggest um learnings that from those two firms as you then you made your way up north oh uh, I think everything you touched on is 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 relevant. The music, the light, the uh, certainly learning about light has carried through this whole thing, and and all those things. But for and I think David, I, I think David and and Jeffrey would both agree that there's a certain amount of spectacle mm -hmm. that went into this, um, that went into hospitality design and has, has transitioned and evolved and, and changed. And for me in particular, I got out of New York so that I could focus on slowing it down, mm. slowing it down and getting much more contemplative about it where, um, yes, we still need sparkle. Yes, we still need music. Yes, we still need all these things, but let's, not throw everything at the wall let's be more let's be better editors mm -hmm. and that's kind of where i think this this space to design helps with that process we can be better editors we can say um um you know what is what is it that makes this space so specific to this location to this guest profile to this you know, and we can really analyze it and we don't have to make any assumptions and we don't have to say, well, they'll love it because I love it, um, you know, in a Steve Jobs sort of way. <laughs> but uh, it's getting down to that nitty gritty and really being able to think of it that way. And it's a different guest profile. It's not about um, for us and what we do up here. It's not these, you know, 250 room, 500 room hotels anymore. You know, we do 50 room hotels. We do 100 room hotels. I think our biggest hotel was 200 rooms and that was at the Cliff House in uh, in Agunkowit, Maine. 
and um and that's and that's the biggest yeah. uh and, and still very boutique in that property but we're we're narrowing it down even more like like let's give we're we're working with um clients that really want to give a very uh specific experience and it tends to be very um location specific uh service level specific um one of our wonderful clients is uh, uh the twin farms property up here in southern vermont and they've got 20 rooms right now i mean and, they're really amazing and um yeah. i really love what they've done and yeah that's a fantastic project yeah it, and and i think having the space to design as we were talking about earlier mm. having that headspace is what makes that kind of property possible you can't rush that kind of thing mm. uh, which isn't to say that uh you can't do that with 100 rooms i think you can it's scalable but there's a threshold there's a point where um, the guest becomes commodity and not guest anymore mm -hmm. and uh, that's not really our thing mm -hmm. um, and i think um i think that there's a a danger in the industry to to lose sight of of that of the giving the guest that personal experience you know we we're talking about what what defines hospitality i think it has to be a personalized experience and you have to make those personal memories mm -hmm. and those personal connections what what better um, um, what what better uh, payback from the guest to the to the hotelier is to have the guest go away with a memory that he tells twenty of his friends about, and then twenty of them want to go experience that thing too, or they want to take their kids there every year because uh, it was an incredible thing and it becomes a family tradition. You know it, it, what. I can't think of a better credit to our design process than if we can create a space that has a legacy. I love the idea of payback because, or pay, payback specifically of creating a memory, mm -hmm. because I I think in everything that all of us do, and there's a certain, and obviously this goes through hospitality, but it's really in in every kind of vocation. I think we should all strive and aspire to create a legion of raving fans, right? Because, because <laughs> if we've done our best work, they're going to go tell their friends and those friends are going to tell their friends and it becomes this self-fulfilling um, kind of fly flywheel of success. Yeah. Um, so specifically on that front, like the memory, I, I just love that the memory payback, payback with memory. Yeah. payback with creation of memories like what's a, a project in your 10 years since you've been with uh truex collins what's a project or a part of a project that you think really um encapsulates that where you've gotten where you've created those raving fans or the or the best feedback you've gotten like can you share any of that with us uh i mean there's um there's there's little things that pop up and then there's bigger things. So the little things are the phone call you get like, oh, I love that wallpaper you got. Like I just stayed at Hotel Jackson in uh, Jackson, Wyoming. And I 
asked the general manager who designed it and they said you and they gave me your card and and i just want to know where did you find that incredible drapery right like it's <laughs> it's, it's such a little thing right yeah but this, this per when you, we get that phone call it's so in earnest there's yeah. something like that person is just dying to know and then um there's other things that are like um you'll be scrolling through instagram and you'll see somebody that took a picture of a family vacation and it's right there in the in the lobby at, at um at the omni mount washington or you know right at the at the bar that we recently completed at the at the same at the same time we were doing that lodge and you're like that's a compliment that mm -hmm. i've now i'm now part of that person's family album in, in this very way that they'll never know and they'll you, you know the kids will not it doesn't matter it you're you created that opportunity i wonder what they talked about while they sat at that bar i wonder what story they shared i wonder what story they're going to tell somebody about sitting at that bar all these things like i don't know i i, I don't i i don't have need to have my name in their family album to know that i'm creating something that pays dividends for them yeah. uh they they you know and maybe you know somebody would say oh it's instagram it's it's completely ephemeral it's gone in 10 seconds but for the person that took the picture it probably isn't yeah well okay so the, and that's the double-edged sword of social media right okay it's ephemeral but some it impacted someone enough that they wanted to share that and yeah. i bet and and that's a part of their it's a part of their life story and their family memory. And I think that's a real power, like in all these conversations that I, I have with everyone, I think, um, especially with the designers and the architects, the, the designers and creators, um, it's just like, it's like, it's, it's um, humbling it, that to be able to sh speak to people that have the ability and the talent to do that. Um, but it's really like you become these kind of uh, timestamps in people's yeah. personal histories. Yeah, you're you're uh, you know the things that uh, we make, um, and I'm guilty of this too. Like I I'll I'll completely not in my um, in my um, portfolio. I'll, I'll memories I created other people's projects. I'll use Detroit as an example because obviously I go back to Detroit. I love Detroit. As, um, uh, stayed at the Foundation Hotel. Mm. And I love that hotel. I didn't get to design that hotel. I wish I could have. But, <laughs> um, but, you know, amazing experience there. And I've had three meals in the, um, in their, at the, uh, well, at the bar and at the restaurant. And I've stayed the night there and the whole deal. And I, it is a picture in my head. I picture my friends sitting at that bar with me when I went home to visit my high school friends that I hadn't seen in 10 years. And we got together there and that bar becomes a picture in my head. It is the stage set of my reunion with them. Yeah. What, I, I, I aspire that every day when I pick up a pencil and draw. I want I mean, to create something that does that. That is a great property. I actually had the pleasure of working on that one and providing the furniture there um, 
with Simeone Deary. And yeah. I remember I did these tables. It was the first tables I ever sourced from Mexico. And they were just kind of like these long, like tree trunks that were just um, sliced into big chunks and waterfall edge. And so many people take pictures of those and it's in such a great space. And yeah. it's just really, it's really, really cool to see. Um, that's a really awesome property. Um, so pulling on the Detroit thing. So when I, when I hear Detroit and I think about like our conversations of music and I look at your, your LinkedIn profile and there's like knobs of an amp <laughs> and I think of kiss and like Detroit rock city and I'll yeah. stick out my Gene Simmons tongue. Um, <laughs> I'm not going to do that uh, yeah. because his is amazing. Um, like how, and you've mentioned music a few times in this conversation, like how, how, why are there knobs of a amp on your LinkedIn profile? You're a designer, you're an architect. Like why do you have amp knobs on your LinkedIn profile? <laughs> because um, for me, it's, it's probably, a, it's symbolic in a couple of ways. For one, I want to, if, um, if a potential client or a potential collaborator or whoever it is looks at my profile and they see that little graphic and music means something to them, great, mention it. Let's have that conversation. Let's, mm. let's start that as our common language. Also, it's a little bit symbolic in the idea that, oh, let's turn up the volume <laughs> a little bit. Let's take things a little bit further than we thought we were going to. To 11. Yeah, exactly. I, I, okay, I love that. Have I ever told you my Gene Simmons story? You're, no, tell me your Gene Simmons oh story. Oh my God. Okay, so I, can, I don't know if... Okay, so I was on an airplane from LA to Vegas. It was when I was living in LA and I, I had like... I was really hungry and I stopped and I got like a 20-piece Chicken McNugget. I'm sorry, everyone. I, I like <laughs> Chicken McNuggets. Um, and I was sitting... I got upgraded, thank goodness. So I was sitting in first class on an aisle and Gene Simmons was sitting right next to me. And he's like, hey, those smell great. Can I have one? Can I have one? I was like, <laughs> sure. So we shared chicken McNuggets. I don't remember yeah. why I was going to Vegas, but literally two weeks later, um, I was still living in Los Angeles at the time. And uh, my wife and I were visiting New York. It was before we lived there. So it must have been like 2003, four. And we were staying at the Riga Royal, which I think is now the London. Mm -hmm. I actually don't know what it is now, but it's on 54th there. And we were out with friends. It was like three in the morning. We we're waiting in the elevator lobby yeah. to go up. And um, in walks Gene Simmons with two like beautiful blonde women, one in each arm. And I was like, Gene, how are you? And he's like, hey, like thinking I was just like a, a fan, yeah. which I which I am. But then I was like, no, it's me, Dan. We shared chicken McNuggets the other day. He's like, oh my God, how are you? <laughs> And, and then he walks past us and he, I was like, I don't, I'm great. Uh, yeah. How are you? And as he walks into the elevator with these two women, the doors start closing. He's like another day above ground. And then he just, the doors close and he goes up to his room. <laughs> wow. Oh that, my that, God. Was, uh, that was, that was a great Gene Simmons story. Yeah. Chicken McNuggets. Chicken McNuggets. And another day above ground. And another day above ground. Um, Okay, so then another thing, I want to pull on that music thing some more. Um, yeah. As you know, I've talked to you a lot. Yeah. And actually, last night, I was just re-watching 
um, the July 16th Bangor Main show by Fish. Yeah. And Fish from I Burlington, know. my favorite band ever. People, I know some people that were at that show. <laughs> oh my God. They did a 30 minute Down with Disease. It was freaking crazy. I tried to watch it with my kids this morning. They didn't want anything to do with it, <laughs> but it was 30 minutes and it was amazing. And they live in Burlington, or maybe they have houses. Some live. But I feel like you may have switched places with Trey because he spends most of his time in the Upper West Side. Probably. And now you're up there in uh, in Burlington. Like, have you experienced them? Like, are they around town? Like, what's that all about? I mean, this is my fanboy asking the questions. <laughs> to satisfy your fanboy, Dan, <laughs> um, they are around town. You don't see them very often, mm -hmm. um, but they're here. And, and lo locals don't really call them out on it you know that the nod or whatever but um but they're around um we did um we helped uh we helped mike gordon with some furniture selections once but i won't go too much into that because then you'll start asking me questions i can't answer like, i will not ask you any where, questions you can't answer <laughs> where did you deliver them to and I, oh i won't i don't i i hope <laughs> I don't need to know any of that. I just need to know that they that they have a presence near you and in some way you're feeding off them because I feed off them all the time. Yeah. No, I think it's um and you know to some people it's uh fishes um fishes a religion. Um to to others of us it's a mood. Yeah. I think I think I fall into the, I'm I'm not as as deep into the fish as you are but uh certainly whenever I go by uh Nectar's which they is where they got their start Nectar's is still there and and running and I I pointed out to my friends who are visiting Burlington I say yeah that's Nectar's that's where fish got started but um I think for a lot of us I mean we've got music is part of our culture up here music but, beer and syrup yeah uh yeah and and uh and many people would add skiing or boarding to that as well true um i gave well, i gave up the skiing my back can't quite handle mm -hmm. it anymore but uh um but music is definitely part of it and whether it's um whether it's fish uh whether it's um trying to think of a, a a name that will pop for you um no no of course it doesn't come to mind <laughs> oh don't worry about it. yeah got it uh, i just i again from the times that i've been in burlington and like looking out over uh lake champlain and i just feel like there's all especially in the well in the winter like around on there it's skiing i'm not really hanging out but in the times in the summer when i've been there I don't know. I just get this super positive vibe. Uh, and there's usually just a lot of smiles, mm -hmm. a lot of music and a lot of beer. And it's just yeah. like, it's just like this cool thing going on. I, I love yeah. it. Yeah. And I, and I think, um, I, I think that that, uh, the quality of life thing is, is huge. And I think we pay benefits, um, uh, from a, as a business that way. Mm -hmm. because we can we think a little bit differently than than we would if we were living in the city and it, we can provide a, a difference that way and it certainly um makes it a lot easier for me uh to be able to do what i love doing 
well-being in a place that facilitates that and uh, and well, I can tell you, I I, I took a, a half-ass step from New York, so now I'm in Connecticut. So I'm I'm in New England now. I'm in yeah. New England. Uh. We're gonna we're gonna get you. <laughs> Keep going further Keep north. Going. I oh, think that no. I think that's the answer. And then uh, I can go visit the the Von Trapp family up there in Snow in Stowe. Yeah. Because I also have a big Austrian connection. I'm actually, going to Austria soon to go see family. But we always have the yeah. The sound of music playing and again the hills are alive with the sound of music they, <laughs> yes, are. they are very much so <laughs> i hadn't i hadn't even thought to take our musical story all the way back to the singing family uh von trapp but that's a great <laughs> reference too I love See, it. <laughs> I, yeah and now i do want to take my kids up there my daughter actually was just in um a performance of the sound of music this past um spring and it was yeah. so fun to see and i know every single word and it's just um i don't know it's just a it's amazing if you're ever in salzburg i highly recommend doing the sound of music tour like it's super touristy it's freaking super fun and amazing and and it's super and again beautiful quality of life like you talk yeah. about mountains and lakes and yeah. it's all there yeah. um so now kind of shifting gears to kind of to you know you've been up there for 10 years your perspective has changed. You're focusing. You have this healthier sense of creativity. Um, what's What's exciting you most about the future? Oh, right now, um, right now, I'm chasing this notion of um, longer span projects. I, I mentioned Twin Farms earlier. I'm thinking about. I'm really thinking about these destinations that are multi generational. Um, I'm thinking about um, how we can learn, I, and, and also twofold. I, I, maybe I jumped a little bit too quick there because we've we've kind of got a two pronged fork going in our design discussions lately. One is the multi generational, um, you know, because we do uh, we're not just hospitality in our design firm. We do uh, high end residential, we do commercial, we do schools and other things too. Um, so it's about how does hospitality influence all those sectors, not just um, hotels, restaurants, nightclubs, but how does it influence all those uh, sectors? And then how do we make it so it's not, um, how do we make it so it's not a dispensable uh, commodity, uh, uh, something that's throwaway in any way? I'm very interested in the idea, um, and maybe that's a, a, a stems from the fact that we're very um, environmentally sensitive. I mean, mm -hmm. I don't think that's any news to anybody that people from Vermont are concerned about the environment, but um, also the idea that, you know, we used to say that uh, hotels was a great business because they had to reinvent themselves every five years, right? new case goods, new this, new that stuff wears out. It's true, it does, and, and that's okay. But what if we think about things with greater longevity? What if we think about things in terms of multi-generational? We're talking about, I'm um, very interested in the idea that we could create a location that you wanna go back to over and over again. Um, and maybe it's not every year, maybe it's not that family vacation to, uh, Orlando that you took every summer for 
five years. It's something other than that. And I think it's still being explored though. I don't, I don't, I guess I don't have a defined answer for you, Dan, but I think those are the things that are running through my head about where hospitality is going. I see it stretching out into other sectors, but at its core, I see it um, solidifying, becoming more enduring. I love it. And I, and I agree. Um, and selfishly, I wish that the furniture would get changed out every five years, <laughs> but it doesn't. Now it's more like 20 years. Yeah. I will say that one of the things that I do love about furniture from like a footprint perspective yeah. is well-designed and well-built furniture used in a hotel. Yeah. You really never have to throw it away because it can then go and be liquidated. It can wind up in another off-market hotel motel can wind up in people's homes. Um, it just seems like the so many owners that we work with, when they write their liquidation contracts, it's like, it doesn't go to landfill. They are like, okay, you liquidate this and then it goes and gets sold on the, on the secondary market. Yeah. And not everyone does it, but many do. And I think more need to, especially as we start looking to the, at that cradle to cradle life cycle yeah. and footprint and, yeah. you know, going on to New England, um, New England, New England does. We just launched, we just had the Hotel Marcel open a couple of weeks ago. It's the first net zero hotel um, in the US. Yes. So like people are starting to think about it. Like how, and I think people have always thought about it. It just kind of went away. Yeah. And now I think it's because investors and lenders, uh, it's important to them now. So I think that, um, they want to see measurements. They want to see what does this all mean? How how can we embrace this and, and show our guests that while we're giving you an experience, we're being mindful to not take too much. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Hmm. That we're not uh, yeah. I agree. I agree. And and the idea of uh, uh something that popped into my head as you were describing that is is it's multi-generational furniture. I'm talking about multi-generational spaces, but we're talking about multi-generational furniture uh, to be more specific about it. And, uh, you know, uh, if it can't keep using it in one space, let's find a way to use it in another or let's share it with somebody down the road. Totally. Um, you know, uh, let's let's auction it off uh, or or make it available how great would it be if I could buy that table from the foundation hotel and put it in my dining room? You probably will be able to at some point, <laughs> um, but hopefully they're not renovating just yet because <laughs> I think I think that that place is, like you said, it is just like, it is a place and a time that is just like, it just checks all the box. It is like, yeah. it's meant to be there. Yeah. Right. Yeah. I agree. I agree. I love that hotel. And I think Detroit's doing great things, not to just, you know, plug my hometown or anything, but uh, I, I think there's been a lot of energy there uh, over the last, um, I don't know, call it eight years. Um, it's, it's, a, it's a lot of stuff to watch and uh, Foundation Hotel is just one of them. Yeah. Um, okay. So now sticking with the 313, so to speak. Yeah. Um, if you were to picture yourself at Detroit Mercy in your architecture school as the younger version of you, yes. and I know you mentioned uh, mentors of yours like 
Jeffrey Beers, for instance, as one. Mm-hmm. If you were to stand in front of yourself, the younger version of yourself, the you of now, like what advice do you give yourself? Oh my gosh. Um, play the long game. Play the long game. That's my advice to myself. Don't, you know, plant some seeds, give it time to grow. Don't rely on immediate gratification. Play the long game. It'll work out. Love that. Play the long game. Straight at you from the 313. You got it. Um, So, Mark, if people want to get in touch with you, like what's the best way to for, for people to learn more about um, you or Truex Collins? Yeah, uh, I w- the first place I would point them is to our website. Um, you can contact me through the website. My email is there and our phone number, obviously. And um, that's the way to best way to get in touch with me. I just want to say thank you so much for your time. This has been great. And I I didn't know that my um, my Gene Simmons story would come out. So that was like very exciting. So so I for the for the for the other part of, for the uh, the after reel or whatever you want to call it. I have a Gene Simmons story, too. Oh, good. We'll take that offline and we can compare <laughs> <Okay>. notes. <laughs> the B-reel. The B-reel. The, the, or the B-roll, B-reel, who knows. As soon as I hit stop recording, yeah. um, we can talk about that. So, But I, <laughs> now I'm very curious. Um, yeah. But seriously, thank you for your time. I mean, this has just been awesome. And, and again, I resent you for being up there at, I, in Burlington. I've got a guest room, Dan. You can... <laughs> oh, now you're gonna take. Now I'm gonna take you up. We on got that. beer. We got beers. We got sing-alongs in the backyard with um, with other uh, fish wannabes, and uh, you're always welcome. <laughs> awesome, and also most importantly too, I just want to thank our listeners because we keep growing every single week, and um, I appreciate that. We all appreciate that because I think, I think we all care about how we make others feel, and if this episode has made you change the way that you think about how you make others feel and what hospitality means and how to be in a space of healthier creativity, like Mark, please pass it on uh, because it's all word of mouth and we appreciate you and thank you. Yeah, thank you.